Hello everyone! The clip you're about to hear is from one of our exclusive Patreon episodes on a recent horror release, and just like all of our other episodes, it might include major spoilers for said horror release, so don't listen to it if you haven't already seen it. You've officially been warned. And if you'd like to hear the full episode, just head on over to patreon.com slash horrorqueers and subscribe today. Without further ado, here is your exclusive Patreon clip. Okay, so now I've got a question for you. Mm -hmm. Is this a queer-coded villain? I'm glad you mentioned that, because uh, I want to say yes, but then Mm -hmm. I feel like by saying that, I run the danger of saying a man who is effeminate is queer. Yeah, but if the shoe fits. I know. <laughs> I Okay, so the reason I asked is because I also believe it. And I was waiting to see if the film was going to give us any revelations. Because at certain points, the affectations that Ethan Hawke was adopting almost felt like he had multiple personality disorder. Like he was channeling right. different people. And I thought, oh, maybe this is a mental illness. <gasps> Ooh, you know what, though? It would have been really nice if he had a different personality for every different emotion on the mask that he was wearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's also why I thought the mask was changing, like, to reflect his various moods, but also potentially his identities. Right. And we don't really get confirmation of that. So it could be the case, but the film doesn't actually confirm or deny. And then there's also very much the insinuation, like... Because we don't see violence inflicted on the kids, and we don't even learn that they're dead for a long time, I was like, so is it that he wants to play with them? Like, even the word naughty boy, I was just like, okay, sure, we're talking about child abuse. We've already had a child beating earlier in the film, so we're definitely primed for that. But I couldn't help but think that language is very sexually suggestive. Yes, yeah, yeah. And again, we know he's going to beat him with this belt. So it mm-hmm. could be some kind of sick fetishistic thing, pedophilic yeah. fetishism that he has. Uh-huh. Um, but again, the film doesn't go through any links to tell us that, which you could argue is fine because you're then whatever you're imagining he's going to do is worse than what actually happens. But mm-hmm. you're right. The implication of that, which again, in a country where a lot of people do think that queer people are pedophiles and mm-hmm. deviants, I can see how, yes, someone could walk into that and be like, well, that's what that is. Yeah. Now, the other thing to consider is, so you mentioned that there's that scene where Gwen stumbles upon the victims as ghosts in the street. And I I felt like one of the missing posters earlier in the film said that there was a girl. But then if I'm remembering correctly, in the lineup of ghosts that we see, it's all boys. It's all boys. So I'm like, ooh, it's all boys which is another sort of telling thing like if it had been mixed gender and often serial killers who go after children do tend to go after a single gender right um well oh god uh Mm -hmm. you could even argue i mean like let's say for the sake of argument that uh the grabber is a gay or queer man of some sort right it's also the 70s and so like I think it would be an interesting story, actually, if they would ma- even made that explicit. And it's like, well, I mean, of course, you have to change the focus of the story to be more about the grabber than about Finney. Mm-hmm. But about, yeah, how a-, a-, a society who comes down on queerness like has turned this man into this monster. Um, but we're not getting that movie. 